Hey there! Welcome back to the Gospel of Ghost. This week you're joining us for a very special episode. It's probably my favourite episode I've ever done because it's my favourite song. But first, a couple of announcements. For those that have been following us on Instagram, you've probably noticed a little bit of a countdown that's been going on that's due to end today when this episode is released. Honestly, part of it was just because I was counting down to zero because it's year zero, but actually I've decided to launch a website. You can visit us at www.gospelofghost.com and on it you can find all of our past episodes, information about the show, and just stuff I like to share about the ghost fandom in general. That's not all though, we actually now have a merch store. Yes, if you fancy giving your laptop or phone or mug a makeover with a Gospel of Ghost twist on it, why not visit our merch page on Redbubble? On it you can find stickers magnets, tote bags, mugs, travel mugs, phone cases, just a wide variety of stuff. So if you're interested, please check out my Instagram for the link, and eventually it will be on the site as well. Now with that said, let's get on with the episode. Welcome Year Zero. Ghouls and Gullets, and welcome to the Gospel of Ghost, the podcast that aims to bring the lore and narrative of Ghost to the forefront of their music. My name is Niall, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, a returning guest, my darling sea store, Summer. How's it going? Hi guys, I'm back. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, um, for me... Excuse me, you're obsessed with me. Leave me alone. <laughs> you, you're the one that instigates most of our conversations. You realize that, right? No, I don't. Apart from when you're feeling lonely when you were single, you talk to me every single day. But every time you get a girlfriend, you're like, eh, I've got somebody else to bother, which is actually quite nice for me <laughs> and a good change. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. All right, call me out like that. Why don't you? Jesus Christ. That's, this Sorry, Cat. I like you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't even think she listens to the show. Um, I don't blame her. <laughs> excuse me? Get the hell off the show. Get off this podcast Joking, right now. joking. <laughs> Do you want many people will kill to be in your spot? Well, I hope nobody, but honestly, it's, 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 it's not worth it. Please don't tell people where I live. <laughs> but yes, welcome back to the show. I asked you to be on this podcast, this particular episode, basically at the start of the show whenever we recorded the first episode. And I want to go over a few reasons why. So if you're not familiar, uh, Summer was on, I think, the second episode, uh, which yes. was Ritual. And she agreed to come back from Festissimum. And I wanted her on Year Zero because I have quite a few fond memories in regards to um, our time spent together and, inf- and, uh, and this song. Okay. There's a, you probably won't remember it's probably not it's probably an insignificant thing to you but there's a facebook no, memory it's not 
No, <laughs> I, I, the Facebook memory that I'm about to mention probably oh, is. okay. Probably. <laughs> yeah, so there's a Facebook memory that crops up every now and again, and it's the very first time I posted about Ghost, the band in, itself, and you've been listening to it for ages at this point, and it was the, the fan-made lyric video for year zero and i commented i i posted saying this is awesome or something like that and you said i told you so (laughs) and that sort of just sticks in my mind that yeah it's it's the song that finally broke the barrier so are you saying that i am the reason for this podcast yes yes you are wow i feel like a god you feel God. <laughs> Listen to the goddamn show. Um, <laughs> okay, well, I feel like seeing. Look, there, there, there are hundreds of fans out there. Hundreds of fans who are happy that I've that I've started uh, that that you brought us down this path. So you know, if you want to take it that way, then yeah, follow Summer on Instagram and bombard her with ghost material all the time. I'm sure she'll love it. Especially tell her about how much you enjoyed the podcast. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> I get enough random people messaging me. Well, girl life on Instagram, am I right? Mm. The second reason that I wanted you on the show is because I think the first time that I seen Ghost Live was at Hellfest in 2015. 2015, I think. 2016, was it not? Because I went in 2014 and I couldn't go in 2015. That's right, that's right, yes, because of, of course. Exams. Yes. Yeah, because 2015 was your first time. It was, yes. And then yeah. 2016 is when Ghost played. And I remember mm. sitting in the grass after watching Amon Amarth because you really wanted to see Ghost. And I had no one mm. else I really wanted to see at the time. And yeah, I was enjoying the concert and stuff, but I think Year Zero, when Year Zero started playing, it was the first time in my life that I had like, it's the first time I got it if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the very first time I got what Ghost is about. Yeah, well, it's kind of like, this song, it's kind of like a showstopper in a way. Like, it kind of draws you in. You're like, wow. Mm. Like, you know, a, like a boring play and suddenly there's this one bit and you're like, ooh, yay. Well, I'm not saying like the rest of the stuff is boring. <laughs> I think like once you get into it and like you really listen to the lyrics because you'd never really listened to them before that. Mm, I have So there no. you go. I want to get into the whole showstopper thing in a bit because it is actually Mm -hmm. a point that I want to bring up. But yeah, no, I I completely agree. And yeah, that's the reason I wanted you on this episode is because I have some very fond memories and you were the one that, you know, got this whole ball rolling. Wow. Yeah, I know. So with that sentimental stuff out of the way, (laughs) let us get on with the show. Let's do it. Okay, so I'm going to do a plot summary if you don't mind. Go for it. Nine months have passed since the events of Opus, and the Antichrist is imminent. During those nine months, the clergy have grown significantly, though still not enough to take the Church of God head on. However, the Church are aware of their threat and are trying, and feeling, to keep the swaying population on their side. Requesting help from their Dark Lord in form of prayer, the clergy have used the dark powers of Satan to cloud the judgment of the Church to their plans, as well as to confuse the general populace even further. With the power growing inside the baby, the time has finally come come the antichrist has been born into the world okay so yeah that's that's where we're sitting at at the moment i want to talk about something that you mentioned before we started the recording of this podcast right because obviously we were having a bit of a chat beforehand you you said to me when i described the plot summary to you in private you said to me this isn't at all what you envisioned the album to be this is not what you had in your mind when you were listening to the album either for the first time or you know the times to come can you explain to me what you think the album or in your eyes what the plot of the album is well for me this album is about the birth of the antichrist but for me i think the album is more about sin and the idea of satan being a part of everyday life because you've got gigolo har megiddo and monstrous clock 
that are all about sexual freedom and then you've got zombie queen which is about embracing human nature and the thrills that come with it but when we're talking about year zero like year zero is like the pièce de résistance of the album it ties all the songs together the song is like declaring a new age and declaring a loss of power the state and church have religious superior super, super, oh, can't say it superiority you got it superiority <laughs> okay right Religious superior soup. Superior. Oh, <laughs> I can't say it today. Religious soup. Right. Got it. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> okay. We're just gonna say. Okay. Right. Religion has now been abolished, and they're using up. Uh, they're rising up to take its place. Everyone probably has their own take on it, but for me, this song is about humanity growing past the age of religion and rising to new heights and having more potential. I think that is actually a fairly accurate take on the entire thing. That's actually one of the definite, well, it's actually the primary definition of year zero, or at least how they present it in this song. I don't really see the entire album being about the birth of the Antichrist. I think it's just the first half, but I do see your point in the in regards to there is a lot of references to the sins etc in the other songs of the albums i i can totally see where you're coming from is what i'm saying cool but uh yeah i want to talk about the title right okay because you did mention that interesting point and i actually have wrote something about it well for me the title symbolizes a reset like they're starting all over again the song is a rebellion to all from before and this is them them saying it's a new age so that's why they call it year zero yeah, no, completely. And you're, you're, that, that, is, that is correct. However, I want to give some definition as to what year zero actually is. It's not... A year? Y- <laughs> it is not a year. Um, it, is, it, is, it is not even a religious phrase, which is odd for ghosts. It's actually quite political in the, oh. se- in, yeah, in the, in the sense that it actually originates from Cambodia, uh, specifically the takeover, the communist takeover of Cambodia in 1975, the, the one that was led by Pol Pot. It's a sort of play on the uh, on the phrase year one, which was coined in the French revolutionary calendar. So essentially mm-hmm. when they, they, they abolished the monarchy and, and took over France and formed the Republican stuff, they essentially reset the calendar and, and put that as year one of their country. It Obviously it wasn't, a fa- they didn't change it. France isn't running in like a different time <laughs> zone or whatever. It's still 2020 <laughs> over there. But in political sense, they, they, they essentially reset everything to year one. <laughs> We should probably warn them about 2020 if that's the case, because none of this shit has hit them yet. God, could you imagine the history lessons there? Or we we could we can imagine the history lessons. We went to school there. We, we did. What am I talking about? I mean, like sometimes it did feel like we were living in the past. To be completely fair, so yeah, especially in our wee tiny tiny village where there was only exactly. sheep and weirdos. <laughs> Well, and us. <laughs> well, and weirdos, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, <laughs> the reason the reason that the uh, that the phrase year zero was coined, it wasn't actually coined by the communists themselves, it was coined by like political analysts and stuff at the time, is because both revolutions resulted in many, many deaths following the installation of the new governments. But the Cambodian genocide led by Pol Pot was far, far greater in the amount of dead. And more specifically, it's because they targeted anyone intellectual or important at all to the old regime. Well, we're safe then. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I read about this right but i thought people were messing about messing with me i was like 
this isn't about ghosts. What's going on? <laughs> that honestly, that is the majority of experience with this yeah. podcast. Is what I find is that most of ghost stuff is just a reference to other stuff. Yeah, but it's a bit of a random thing. Oh, what should we call it? Oh, what about Revolution of Cambodia? No, like, no. <laughs> Dead Kennedys have that time with holiday in Cambodia, so they needed something to differentiate it with. Well, I'm talking about like something to do with the Revolution of Cambodia. <laughs> like it's still a weird thing to like just they put could, in They the could title. have put it in there. He'll. Heal Satan, Cambodia. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, God, that was terrible, <laughs> Niall. <laughs> I know, I know. But people like the podcast, so screw it. <laughs> they know what they signed up for. <laughs> you guys, loads of people unsubscribing after this. <laughs> Probably. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I want to I wanna quote something. It, it was one of the information that I found about Year Zero. To quote, the idea behind Year Zero was that all culture and traditions within a society must be completely destroyed or discarded, and a new revolutionary culture must replace it, starting from scratch. All of the history of a nation or people before Year Zero would largely be deemed unrelevant because it would ideally be purged and replaced from the ground up. Now that we have that definition, we have a better idea of how to approach the song. And I do think what you said was correct is this is essentially the clergy proclaiming a reset on the on mm. their in, uh, on, on their universe. Wow. Oh yeah, side note, sorry before we begin and this is Continue. This is more because of the musical play metaphor that I have in my own head most of the time. It must be a weird wee world in your head. It really is to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> Special Ghoul, the talky one, refers to this mm. song as the perfect opening song to a second act, which is pretty goddamn fitting for what we're trying to do here, you know? It's pretty fitting for this musical experience that I'm trying to craft in people's heads. <laughs> well, Definitely. Well, I also think that this album is definitely the album that brought Ghost into the spotlight. Like, this is how they got so popular and made them a touring band and helped them gain a much larger fan base. And I also think with this being their second album and them touring, they had more financial backing, so the production value would have been way better than before. Oh yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Well, I know it was because I've seen them. I've seen Papa too, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I know, and it's not something I'm ever going to live down. No. (laughs) But... But, but, I think that Year Zero is one of those songs, I think, that you can pinpoint, as you said. not Maybe not the album itself, but this song in particular is one of those points you can you can look back in the history of Ghost and say, that's what did it. That's what took them off. Because it got mm-hmm. me into it. I'm sure it got loads of other people into it. You know, it is, it may be on one of their older, older albums, but I'm still, it's still one of their most popular songs of all time. Well, it's your favorite one, isn't it? Apart from... It is my favorite one. And the, uh, not apart from, it's my favorite song of all time, really. But Mariana Cross comes comes pretty goddamn close to it, I'll be honest. I love that song. It's so good. I know you love that song. I heard you singing it on the top of your lungs. Did you? Multiple times, yeah. Oh, I yeah, the last gigs. I think seen them in London yeah, in yeah, Glasgow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the last gigs, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I'm going to say it's a shame you can't do it on this. Oh, the podcast? You mean cover Marianne across the podcast? Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't fit in with the lore, though. Like, I want to, obviously, but, like, it doesn't fit in to the storyline. Can you not make it into a wee special episode? Like a Christmas special? <laughs> Marianne across the Christmas special. Of course, yeah. That's got a bloody yeah. ring to it. No, it does. I'll give you that, yeah. Yeah, I could, okay. I could consider that. Right, that's a shout-out to all the listeners who wants to be a guest for this 
Christmas special episode. First one to comment Satan balls on the Instagram <laughs> post gets to be on the show. What? Hang on a second. <laughs> I've no. said it. It's out there now. You can't change it. No. Satan's balls, guys. This isn't contractually up, but no, <laughs> screw that. Yes, it is. You have my word, guys. First one on, like, well, I'm going to say today's post because it's, it's like the day of the podcast. Yeah. Satan's balls. First one to comment it. <laughs> Fine, whatever. We'll see. I will do the episode, but I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. Yes, he'll do it, guys. He'll do it. I promise. Uh, all right. Shall we? Shall we? Shall we get into the show? Shall we get into the actual, the actual meat and bones of the episode? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Right. So I'll just do the first six. Stop laughing. The, the first six. I just think Satan balls. Uh, right. Let's get on with this. <laughs> so the first six the first six lyrics are Belial Behemoth Beelzebub Asmodeus Satanas and Lucifer. Now I don't know if you've done any research into this, but do you think that these are just alternative names alternative names for Satan? No, they're not. I'm not an idiot. I know my dark lord. <laughs> You're right. It, it's <laughs> they're not. But unfortunately for you, you also know your extremely nerdy brother, and I am now going to go through the meaning and and, and sort of history of some of oh these. Oh God! Here we go. <laughs> Feel free to chime in if you uh, okay. if I'm talking too much. By the way, no, so, no. Well, it is a podcast. I do expect you to talk. That's true, but people find me <laughs> annoying. So do you butt in every once in a well, while? Well, they wouldn't listen. <laughs> true right okay so i want to start it off with belial okay i want to run okay. through the meaning and the significance so belial belial is often credited as is credited as being the father of demons and sometimes even the father of satan himself in judaism he is the leader of the sons of darkness and in christianity he is a genie or a jinn of confusion and lust that's that's belial um he's pretty nice pretty common i think he's known pretty much by a lot of people he's one of the bigger demons he's uh not satan as he's often confused with could be the dad of satan but but that doesn't make sense that doesn't make sense because like satan's like the big boss of the demons yeah so, eh. the next one is behem behemoth behemoth whatever behemoth that's mm. the one he's a mythological beast of hell and holds the rank of and i was really confused at this the caretaker of wine cellars grand cupbearer of the royal household he oversees the feasts of Jinistan and is responsible for serving the devil his food and wine so so basically he's a waiter pretty much yeah but like wait hold up the wine in hell yeah i know right like i didn't know that hell was famous Ooh. for its could you just imagine satan at a wee dinner party being like oh what do you fancy a little wee chateau neuf de papa well chateau neuf de hell or something like that chateau neuf de papa please chateau neuf de papa that's a good one ghost if you're releasing a wine with that i want royalties. they have released a lot wine name like that though i want the no i don't think so because chateau neuf is a place in france so they can't technically do i think true true it would be funny it would be great <laughs> but yeah no pretty much i didn't really think it would be a good place for red wine or well i could suppose it could be any color wine really but wine cellar nah, it's definitely red. gonna be red it's really hot down in hell like yeah but it's torture isn't it you just drink red wine Ugh. in that heat no. red wine no water in that heat oh god i'd rather have the fate hitler had in dogma and for god's sake <laughs> But then also, you always get like the, the really bad red wine hangovers the next day. So it's a form of torture. Do you, oh, right. So it's like you can't have a hair of the dog. 
<laughs> it's just like one day you get really, really drunk. The next day you yeah. suffer and then you get drunk mm-hmm. again the next day. Yeah. And also you f- it feels like shit because you're only drinking red wine in that heat. Ugh. Oh, that would be so bad. No, no, thank you. I'm good. <laughs> Give me a crisp rosé, please. Thank you very much, Satan. <laughs> I know you love your wee rosé. I do. Let's move on to the next one, okay? Go for it. <laughs> So Beelzebub, or Beelzebub, literally means the Lord of Flies. Oh, that's the guy from Good Omens. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, I think it was like, I think he was represented in Good Omens. I think it was um, Pestilence, I think it was. Is oh, what... I thought it was Beelzebub. I'm very sure they said Beelzebub because that's the name. Because I remember thinking to myself, oh my God, ghost, because I remember the song. <laughs> and it's also in Sabrina because it's one of the play kings. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, literally Lord of the Flies. According to the 16th century occultist Johannes Wierus, Beelzebub is the chief lieutenant of Lucifer and the emperor of the underworld, and he presides over the Order of the Fly, which sounds fucking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) He was originally the name of a Philistine deity whom Jesus was accused of invoking to cast out demons demons from the possessed in the Gospels. So it's one of the only, it's one of, he's big enough that that Jesus interacted with him. that's how, mm-hmm. that's how important Beelzebub is in hell. The next one is Asmodeus. He's a demon general as far as I can work out. He has 72 legions. They were very specific about that. That's um, a bit much. He <laughs> must be compensating for something. Y- yes. And also, like, why didn't they just round it off at a nice 70 or 75? Why did it have to be 72? Nah, maybe 72 is, <laughs> like, a really important number in some, like, in some places, in some cultures. Could be. That's Never true. Know. That's true. He has 72 legions of demons under his command. Uh, he is one of the kings of hell under Lu- under the Lucifer, who's the emperor of hell. He incites gambling and is the overseer of all the gambling houses in the court of hell. Some Catholic... Sounds like a good fun. <laughs> Some Catholic theologians compared him with Abaddon, who is the son of Satan. So, yeah. Nice. Sounds like you'd have a good time with him. Yeah, him and Behemoth. Bring the wine oh, yeah. and the gambling. Bring the wine and the gambling. Beelzebub, 100%. you can stay home. We don't need you <laughs> yeah i don't want any smelly flies <laughs> satanas is latin for satan obviously mm-hmm. uh the fallen angel of christianity and judaism which eventually became the devil and the en- enemy of humanity Ooh, lovely that's a nice title to have it is and finally lucifer the morning star lucifer is often seen as the other side to the destructive force of satan so Sat- satanas okay. is the, the bad side i suppose well i suppose they're both bad but it's the more creative and positive force the light leading the way is what it's referred to so yeah, uh, that's 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 all of that's all of them, and just very interesting. The ghost found a way to put them all into the mythos, I suppose. Yeah, well, as I was saying before, like I feel like I feel like each one of these represents a different kind of sin. Like as I was okay. saying before about the song, when it was talking about, I was saying like this is all about sin and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like I believe. Like, well, the album. Sorry, not the, just the song. Like, what is there for the sin? There's like there's lust, there's gluttony, there's um, greed. Envy, greed, pride, envy, wrath, pride, wrath. Yeah, definitely. So, like, you've got the one with the wine, gluttony. The one with the seventy-two legions, wrath. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then what was no, the... hang on a second. I no, would, I said, would call, like... I would call him greed though, because he's the gambling man. Oh yeah, that's true. But then there's like one that you said that was to do with lust. Which one was that? It was Belial, the first one. Belial. There you go. There's another one, lust, and yeah. So I'm just saying. No, it, yeah, all it, it, ties it, in. <laughs> it totally makes sense. I, yeah, it, yeah, it, it makes sense. Satan, I suppose you could say, is um, the wrath. Envy. 
Satan's envy. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I suppose he's envious of God, isn't he? That's that's kind of mm-hmm. his whole shtick. That's why he's down there in the first place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Lucifer, I guess you could say, is pride, maybe? But yeah. Wouldn't it be Lucifer that was envy and then Satanus that was pride? Could be. Could be. Open Something for interpretation. To look into. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So now let us get into the rest of the song, shall we? Let's start. Yep. Since dawn of time, the fate of man is that of lice, equal as parasites and moving without eyes. A day of reckoning when penance is to burn. Count down together now and say the words that you... It's either heard or will learn or learned. The internet's kind of confused about that. I thought it was will that you l- will learn. That is the actual official thing, but to me, saying uh-huh. learned or learned. I have to listen to it again. Yeah. Okay. So, what is your entire like? What do you think of these these first couple of lines? So earlier, when you were talking about politics and Year Zero and all that jazz, mm-hmm. this little thought came to me after I read the or after you read the lines. Since dawn of time, the fate of man is that of lice equals okay. parasites moving without eyes. For me, that is kind of like. This is their new start, the birth of their new society, if you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's the dawn of a new age, but this line makes me believe because humans are flawed. This is saying that greed and corruption will always find a way into any kind of government or political agenda or just the world in general. I feel like this song is pointing out that humankind can't change because humans are destructive, but we are also blind to the consequences of our actions. You have a very valid point, and I think that your interpretation of the song in that regard is completely correct. The The theme of the song is the destruction, the destruction of the world, essentially, whether it be a theological destruction or literal destruction. And the majority of men, especially those that are in higher places or whatever, won't see it coming. So they're essentially mm-hmm. blind. I think what your interpretation is correct. However, I do want to just say that it doesn't exactly fit with the with the the universe the in universe implication in real life completely correct 100% but the in universe implication has just a bit more a bit more stuff around it so i just want to move on thinking of okay. that okay 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 so i think to set the scene the in universe scene for this verse and the following we kind of have to discuss the attendees of this i'm seeing it as a celebration slash party you know uh, a, 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 a sermon a private sermon you know because would the general population be cool <laughs> with this little satan coming to destroy the world thing probably not <laughs> i'm gonna say maybe you never know so, they might welcome it with open arms it depends how bad things get i suppose but i think in my opinion the general population maybe isn't quite ready for this level of oh <laughs> satan's coming he's going to destroy everything yeah or this could like this song could be like an open declaration to the public to show to show the new power and the downfall downfall of the world they once knew very valid point i think though and this is just based off some writing that i've done about later episodes and stuff i don't think that's the case i don't think that's happening just yet mm. I think that's that's later on in the album. I believe the sermon is being held to a crowd of the clergy's most devout followers who won't stray from the path when the true intentions of, of, of Papa and Satan and the Antichrist is revealed, yeah? Yeah, okay. And speaking of Papa, in this instance, in my opinion, it sounds like he's sort of gloating, you know? His plan has succeeded and he now believes he like stands above most men literally referring to uh, like his other man as licensed parasites blind to the grand goings on that surround their lives as you said 
it just shows like he's exactly what we were talking about before like he is becoming like a bit full of himself the greed the corruption all that kind of thing so this is just showing that he's human and that that is an interesting topic that i actually want to discuss with you is because when you were first on the show we discussed the morality of the clergy essentially and you thought that the clergy and papa were good you thought that they they were a good influence on the world and they believed themselves to be good and they were good. And the rest of my guests disagreed and I disagreed with you. So you've changed your mind. Well, not really, no. I think in the first album, they were quite harmless, but it's grown. So as the Antichrist has grown, they've grown and they've became a bit more evil. Like the clergy grows to become evil from the first album. Like they're evil now because the Antichrist is born. Like, come on. Right, so what you're saying is in the first album, Opus, essentially it's just like a bunch, it's like a bunch of teenagers that run around a graveyard shouting about Satan and stuff and no one really pays any attention to them until they actually do something big in Infestissimum. Yeah, kind of. Like, before they were talking shit and everybody's like, oh, who the fuck are these weird devil worshippers? And now that Antichrist <laughs> is born, they're like, oh, fuck, maybe we should have paid a bit more attention <laughs> to the weird golf kids with eyeliner. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> because let's face it they're always the ones you have to watch out for yeah, that's that's very true that's very... mentally unstable we are <laughs> <laughs> uh that's very true uh but yeah good point okay they've become less scooby-doo evil and more actual evil that's fair enough i want to talk about when the line when penance is to burn because I think it's a really interesting line. Penance by itself kind of means either punishment inflicted on oneself as an outward expression of repentance for wrongdoing or a sacrament in which member of the church confesses sins to your priest and is given absolution. So with this line, they could be saying that penance is going to burn away, that sins and wrongdoings no longer need forgiveness in the new world, or it could be a reference to an act of public penance carried out by the Spanish Inquisition known as the auto de fe, or auto or act of faith is what it means i hope for their sakes it's the first yeah <laughs> <laughs> because the first one at least sounds like a good time <laughs> <laughs> essentially the whole reason they bring up the whole burning thing is because what this auto de fe thing was punishing heretics or non-believers of non-believers of god the most brutal of which was you might have guessed it was being burnt to death you know i'm asking the question does this sort of lie in the plans for what the clergy plans to do for the believers of god that remain after the end times well no i don't think that i think like worshiping god is like the main problem they have what they care about is like the christian morals so like like what like the actual church of satan is about is like they just they don't worship Satan, but they see, and they don't see him as a god, but he's a symbol of anti-Christian moral values. So what I'm saying is, like, all he cares about is, like, that they don't have these morals, and wouldn't that be good enough for them? Like, so what if you don't worship him, but at least you're not a Christian? Get what I mean? Like, the churches nowadays are atheists. Like, yeah. they're like, right, so, like, they're like, fuck it, you're sound. They need people to populate the earth, not, like, just their organization. So I feel like they'd be a bit lenient they'd be like ah you know what you're a good laugh you're a good time we'll just keep you around as long as you don't have any of these christian morals okay so you you think you think that satan's that kind of cool guy that will just let people not worship him on his earth well i mean i would <laughs> yeah me too but like well actually i wouldn't let's face it i wouldn't <laughs> yeah true you have trouble <laughs> 
trouble with authority figures. <gasps> Me? Never. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I yeah, I'm gonna say that they will literally burn people to death if they don't start believing in Satan. Well, I think like if they're gonna do that, I think they have to it has to go both ways. They have to do like some of their clergymen, like their followers. Like I think if they would do that to their followers, if if this is the kind of organization they are, and they would do it to the ones that stray from the path or have doubts as well. Like they would be like either like one you have to be 100% sure or they'd be like you know what fuck you you missed out on that one word during the prayer like on you go jump on that <laughs> one stick one mistake kind of getting <laughs> burned at the stake Jesus Christ aye why not like if you're gonna be strict may as well be fucking strict if you're gonna have a regime <laughs> have a regime alright Satan calm down calm down <laughs> thank you <laughs> not today Satan <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and with that, let's move on to the next verse. <laughs> the next verse, or well, it's the chorus now. Hail Satan, Archangelo. Hail Satan, welcome year zero. So yeah, what what did you find out about this? Okay, so about the chorus, um, it was like one little thing that I read somewhere where they were talking about the in the original or the Swedish thing in like the in the CD. Um, sorry, I nearly fucking forgot that, what it was called. You don't see them much nowadays, do you? What, um, a CD? And, uh, <laughs> well, I don't. You've got a thing called Spotify. <laughs> anyway. You're 24 years old, Summer. <laughs> well, I don't own any CDs. My computer doesn't even have a CD open thing. A, a, c- a CD drive, <laughs> you mean? CD tr- a CD opening thing, okay. Yeah, but like anyway, like you know, you know when we had like the albums when we were younger, we would always yeah. like pull out the paper bit at the front and you like you'd be, read the lyrics, right? The booklet. Pa- the yeah. booklet is what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> booklet, pamphlet. We have pamphlet something like they give you out on the streets, isn't it? Yeah, yes. the booklet. <laughs> anyway. What I was trying to say, well, apparently, in the original Swedish version, they say that hail is an, ar- an archaic Swedish version for hell. Actually, yeah, you're almost correct. You're, it's actually the other way around. Heel is not the word for hell in Swedish. Hell is the word for heel in, Swe- in Old Swedish. So if it is hell satin, it is... He is well, still... that sounds fucking wrong, because we've just <laughs> been saying hell hell. Who says hell, heel, hell? <laughs> this is getting confusing. This is like a tongue twister. Heel, hell, hell, hell. <laughs> and then the actual word for it is haggle, which is apparently the new Ooh. Swedish word for heel. So whatever. That's a bit shite. Hell, heel, hell, haggle. I prefer the archaic Arca- <laughs> Swedish so version I, more. So <laughs> they probably chose it for that reason. Mm. But yeah, I don't want to... Everyone kind of knows what an archangel is. I don't really want to get into that. It's an angel well, that is... You know, one of the bosses. Yeah, but this was like in Italian. I originally thought it was in Latin, but it's actually Italian. Yeah, but you still knew what it was somewhere. Adding an O on the end of stuff doesn't yeah, make it hard to but, read. But, but I had a thought. Yeah, <laughs> Happens right. very rarely, but I had one. Okay. Him saying, heal Satan, Archangelo, yeah. is essentially him cheering on and welcoming Satan and acknowledging his greatness and power. Yeah, but also to be an archangel, that would be a gift from God. So they're cheering for him using the title that God appointed him. So it's like a big fuck you to God. Oh, good spot. Nice one. Thank you. Let's move on. Next verse. 
Crestfallen kings and queens comforting in their faith, unbeknownst to them is the presence of the wraith. Since fate of man is equal to the fate of lice, as new dawn rises you shalt recognise, now behold, the lord of flies. Do you want me to begin or would you like to say? Yeah, you go first because I know we'll have different views on this. Okay. This is actually quite a politically charged line and like one of the first times that Ghost has mentioned another power outside the church in their universe that is one of kings and queens or a, a, a monarchy, okay? Because mm-hmm. the way I'm seeing it, the way the way I've always seen it, this musical uh, stage play, whatever, if you want to put like a rough time frame on it, it's sort of like the medieval era. That's that's kind of where I see this entire thing playing out. What are your thoughts on that? Well, because I believe all this is happening in our current timeline, like mm. like like our days. I think that the crestfallen kings and queens comforting their in their faith. You could interpret it that as people who run the country, so the government. Because while we do have kings. And queens they're nothing more than tourist attractions and a waste of taxpayers money so him saying kings and queens could be more of a mocking thing and a jab at certain people who are in government that have a sense of entitlement so i think he really means the politicians who are comforted by the safety of this thing they believe in which could either be in a literal sense of a comforting god but it could be in a different faith like in power or money or something like that and here they are they are on the verge of being overtaken by Satan or will the Antichrist are overthrown by the people so it's like a revolution in a way nice yeah I think again it is the mindset if you know what I mean mm-hmm. I think it's the mindset because what you're saying I completely agree with like I think in real life that is exactly what this means it's the it's the kings it's the it's the politicians and the rich and the high and the well off and the secure I think that's exactly who real life papa is talking about but yeah in my eyes of the universe, in the universe that you're said, and obviously we have different opinions, and I accept that. I do think that it is actually a monarchy, because in my opinion, is this all happens in like a sort of medievalish time. No, I 100% see ghost based in the modern times, as if like, well, I really think like, but they could be like a secret society that's been around for hundreds of years. Mm. Like when it comes, because when it comes to songs like Elizabeth, it's like them honoring a past member or a way to like rally their congregation to inspire them. So this song, when they say welcome year zero, like that, the Mm -hmm. line is the age of people waking up and fighting against the corruption. So it's encouraging and celebrating with their followers. Very true, very true. It could also be that their society took a different path than ours, though, that it is the same time frame, but it's just different technologies and different beliefs because they've been stifled by religion. More so than our society already has been, but I'll not get into that. (laughs) (laughs) This is not the channel for that. (laughs) This is exactly the podcast for this, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, let's, let's continue on. I think what Papa is saying here to the masses that he's addressing at this point is that with the rise of the Antichrist and Satan, the old system of monarchy is going to be destroyed or killed. Most monarchs in the world are actually quite linked to religion. They're all like, okay. you know, the Queen of England, etc. She's the head of the Church of England or whatever. Yeah. They're often inducted or crowned by a member of the ruling religion of that area, or they are the ruling religion of that area, er- the, the head of that area, which is predominantly Christianity. Therefore, when God loses his authority, so do they, because the powers that bestowed them this authority over man is now lost their power so their power in turn is no longer viable that's what i think is what that means 
is a quite an interesting take. Thank you. The word crestfallen can obviously mean sad. I think that's what most people think it means, and that is a general meaning of it. But I think in this context, its other usage applies, which is to be humiliated. Papa is basically saying they've been unknowingly humiliated by the clergy, and by they I mean the kings and queens and the politicians that we're talking about, humiliated by the clergy with their plans and are oblivious to their own demise. Okay. Anything else to add? Not really, no. Cool. The fate of man line... Pretty self-explanatory. Don't really need to say that. The end times is yeah, coming. Yeah, basically, yeah. Like, now that Satan's rules to begin, um, the in, like human life is insignificant, basically. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, the final line is just Papa saying the Lord of Flies has risen to power as year zero is come. And that just, and the people must now look upon him and worship him. Or he's just really into the book, The Lord of the Flies by William Golden. Well, it's like, or it's like Beelzebub, his right-hand man or whatever, is yeah, like coming Beelzebub. up and... Yeah. Oh, do you think he's making an actual appearance in the ceremony, do you? Why not? Yeah, that's a fair well, point. Yeah. Or maybe he... Or like, as you said, like, didn't you say it was something you do with Pestilence before? Uh, I believe that he's probably... There's probably links to him in Pestilence, considering flies or what. Like, a, uh, they are a, a sign of, of famine and plague and stuff, so I would imagine so. Well, you could say, now behold the Lord of Fries. This is basically... The Lord of Fries. The... Flies. <laughs> I want to meet I that flies. one. I want to meet that one. <laughs> you don't need to. Now behold the Lord behold the Lord of Fries. It could not... It doesn't doesn't mean that he has to, like, appear. It could mean, like, there's a sickness coming over this land. Or, like, there's a famine. Or there's, like, you know, something coming. Yeah. Getting all meta- metaphorical up in this bitch. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Okay, that's all I have to say on that, Rose. You want to okay. anything else for you? No, I'm good. Cool. So now we're moving on to the more unique verse in this, and it's the final bits that we'll be covering here. He will tremble the nations, kingdoms to fall one by one. In my journey, in my research, I find out that this is a reference to a specific verse in the Bible, which is Daniel 11.41. In it, Daniel says, he will also invade the beautiful land and many countries will fall. So basically he's taking over each kingdom. Well, in this case, yeah, he's taking over each kingdom, but he's also taking over like every aspect of their religion, of different religions yes so it's not just christianity and he wants them all to become one so that there's only the church of ghosts left pretty much yeah he's gonna destroy the established forms of government and destroy the established forms of religion and in his, in their absence he will he will uh he will rise as we'll get on to in a little bit so basically um, the antichrist is taking over the world Yes, yes, for his da. Well, yeah, because Satan is powerful enough to destroy these great nations, especially because, like, the word kingdom, as you said before, always has something to do with religion as Mm. well. So that means people have that people that have faith will lose it. Also, with the arrival of Satan or well, the Antichrist, the world would be reduced into chaos. There would be anarchy and revolts, which would lead to the fall of nations. True, yeah, exactly. It's both a religious and literal description of what's about to happen once the Antichrist matures. And we'll get into that like fun. on a later episode of The Gospel of Ghosts. Uh, next few lines. A victim to fall for temptations, a daughter to fall for a son, the ancient serpent deceiver. And I'm going to cut that one off there. So why don't you start with this? So I think like it's just saying that the kingdoms will fall and t- 
will like fall to their temptations and into the lust they'll give in to these sins and they'll give like the antichrist a chance to like take over i don't think like a lot of people think like oh like the daughter and son i don't think it's incest at all Mm, i think every woman is a daughter and every man is a son because it's like the daughter of eve son of adam i think the temptation is only lust which is one of the deadly seven deadly sins which we discussed before bringing it back around yeah but no, I completely agree. In fact, that's exactly, pretty much exactly what I had, especially for the daughter and son line, is that mm-hmm. everyone is someone's son or daughter. Yeah. Everyone is the son of God, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that works on that regard. And then the serpent is from the Garden of Eden. The serpent deceives mm-hmm. Eve into mm-hmm. eating the forbidden fruit from the tree of knowledge. Some people believe that the snake was actually the first incarnation of the devil. It, yeah, it's very, very commonly held belief. And snakes are symbolized in a lot of cultures of being evil and because they are (laughs) no they're not they're cute they are not look at the way they move it's awful well you try moving without any arms or legs how would you move about the place i wouldn't i would just roll i would just roll (laughs) it's hard to yeah but you can't roll without arms okay i am going to record a video and post it on my instagram (laughs) me rolling without arms and you're gonna look like an idiot no because you'll put you i bet you even if you can't see it you'll like push a wee bit with your weight of the arms nah like i think it would i will i will tie my arms behind my back i will get (laughs) here and tie my arms behind my back i will post this video and you will look like such an idiot not me having my arms behind behind my back rolling around on the floor well i don't think i'm gonna look a bit idiot (laughs) I'm used to it. I'm used to it. It's fine. <laughs> but no, every everything you've said there is completely correct. Uh, I'll just read out my notes that I have. The victim in this sense isn't one person, but the entirety of mankind that fall for the temptations of the Antichrist, because that's his greatest strength is temptation. The line seems like a pretty, you know, the, the, the daughter of all for some seems like a pretty direct indication of, you know, literal incest, but it can simply mm-hmm. mean that lust will take over the world. After all, everyone is someone's sons or daughter. The ancient serpent deceiver is a direct reference, as you said, to the Garden of Eden, in which Satan takes the form of a snake to tempt Eve into eating the forbidden fruit of God, deceiving her into thinking God would be merciful or unknowing which he was neither well i think it's also interesting if you think about it because like the fruit give her the not give give her knowledge and i think a lot of like religion kind of like stops people and like kind of limits them in a bit if you like you're from a really religious family Mm -hmm. sometimes like you limit you don't get to like learn as much as other people so i think this is also a thing about saying like it's like don't let it i don't understand i don't know how to say it i get what you're saying i get what you're saying that religion (laughs) religion religion limits the capacity for education yeah that kind of thing yeah no i completely agree completely agree i think that is one of the standout bits of that of that tale 100 let's move on to the final lines because we're not going to cover the whole hail Satan archangelo thing because we've already done that so the final lines of this part this episode are to masses standing in awe he will ascend to the heavens above the stars of god now do you know what this is mm, um something to do with the bible Yes, it's actually a paraphrasing of Isaiah 14, 12 to 13, interpreted as Satan plotting to overthrow God. I will quote it now. Isaiah 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? Isaiah 13. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Basically, it means that Satan's going to overtake God's throne and sit above him as Lord of all being slash creation. 
Ah, so that's why the masses are standing in awe. Because it's awesome. <laughs> what a nice, sight that interesting would be. Interesting to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, people talk about seeing the aurora borealis or the northern lights all the time. I want to see Satan ascend to the thrones of stars above God. Well, That's... I don't think we could see that, but I think also like the masses could be like all the all the like like it was like a war. It was like well, it wasn't a war. It was like a revolt, a rebellion. It could mm. be like the ones that took Lucifer's side and the ones that took God's side, kind of thing. True, true. Yeah, very true. Completely. And with that, I think we're going to wrap up this episode. Thank you very much for joining me, Summer. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome, Niall. And I'm sure we'll have you back on the show at some point, perhaps. Mm-hmm. If I comment Satan's balls first, <laughs> I meant Christmas I was, time. I was, kind of hope, I was kind of hoping you'd forget about that. <laughs> I will never forget, guys. It's happening. Mary, Satan's balls. Mariana, Chris, Mariana Cross Christmas special. Hells yeah. <laughs> if you don't do it, I'm not giving you your Christmas present. I already give you yours. The sloth is my Christmas present? If you Right, okay. So uh, I'm, I'm just going to throw this right there. You've got your sloth on your Instagram, right? Go and follow my sister. It's on not Insta- on my Instagram. Post right. it it's- to Instagram. <laughs> Show, <laughs> how big it is. Show how big it yeah, is. Yes, but I've seen that in the shop. It wasn't that expensive. My gift's better. <laughs> Fine. What have you got me? Yeah, you're not telling you. See, so you I've got me anything. Okay. We'll I see. have got you something. Shopping early. Well, no, because I saw it. So I was like, oh my God, now I like that. I was like, Christmas is coming up, so I'll buy it. Fair enough. Okay, I'll just get you a bigger sloth then. <laughs> but please don't. He takes up the top <laughs> of my bed already. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I have a weird obsession with sloths. You do. And you can find <laughs> that out if you follow her on Instagram. Work on they find you oh um summer carry so yeah summer dot carry right and uh, no it's just i think it's just summer carry i don't know what is my instagram name guys i don't know with one m right oh summer one m summer with one m dot carry yeah yeah so summer and then with one m dot carry that's what it is summer and then literally with one m dot carry <laughs> Yeah, it's not summer with one M. <laughs> no, like not, it's you just don't summer <laughs> pause with one M dot Kiri. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much for joining me, summer with one, with M, one M dot Kiri. <laughs> um, yeah. No worries. Remember, guys, Satan's balls. I'll make sure Niall posts something on in, on the yeah, day yeah, this I comes will, out, being Christmas special. I okay, or, okay, okay. Or not even Christmas special, just announcing that this is out, guys. Okay. The first okay. one to comment, Satan's balls. Okay, right. And thank you very much to all of you guys for listening to the Gospel of Ghost. I will see you again in two weeks' time whenever we cover the next episode of the next song of Infestissimum, Body and Blood. Heal Satan. <laughs>